In his second letter to Timothy, the Apostle Paul writes these words, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and by his kingdom, preach the word. Be urgent, in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, and exhort. Be unfailing in patience and in teaching. This is In Season and Out of Season, a Bible teaching ministry with Father Tom DiLorenzo. Good day, it's Father Tom and Anthony today. I hope you're having a good day because the Lord is on the throne. He hears and answers prayer. And just as long as your faith in him is intact, everything's going to come out all right. Do you say everything? I say everything. I'm reading from Luke 13, verse 10. Now he was teaching in one of the synagogues on a Sabbath. Let me tell you, when there's a teaching service going on, after the service, healings take place. Amen. Or the Eucharist. After the Eucharist, healings take place. This is real, because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Let me continue. And just then there appeared a woman with the spirit that had crippled her for 18 years. She was bent over and was quite unable to stand up straight. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said, Woman, you are set free from your ailment. When he laid his hands on her, immediately she stood up straight and began praising God. See, he was preaching, and after a preaching service, the power of God is there to heal. This is for everyone. I remember when I was just newly ordained, a woman came to me after Mass, and she said, pray for my healing. And I said to her, this is the right time to pray for healing. We just had the body and blood of Christ and heard the word of God. And we prayed, and she was blessed. But the leader of the synagogue was indignant because Jesus had cured her on the Sabbath and kept saying to the crowd, there are six days which one ought to come, come on those days to be cured, and not on the Sabbath day. But the Lord answered him and said, You hypocrite, does not each of you on the Sabbath day unite his ox or his donkey from the manger and lead it away to give it water? In other words, you're doing work on the Sabbath day. You're a hypocrite. This daughter of Abraham was held back by a demon and you say I did work on the Sabbath you hypocrite let me tell you Jesus is the same yesterday today and forever does not each of you on the Sabbath unite his ox untie his ox or his donkey from the manger and lead it away to give it water and ought not this woman daughter of Abraham whom Satan bound for 18 long years, be free from the bondage on the Sabbath day. When he said this, all his opponents were put to shame, and the entire crowd was rejoicing 
at all the wonderful things that he was doing. This is amazing. This is amazing. They should have had a party. But rather than have a party, they complained. You did it on the Sabbath day. And Jesus says, you do things on the Sabbath day. This daughter of Abraham needed to be released from the devil. We look, we look at this, and in this reading, it, it tells us that this woman had a spirit of infirmity. So Jesus Christ in you is the same today, and he's forever. So what did Jesus do? First, he decreed, woman, you are free from your infirmity. Under Christ, you now have a kingship. And kings release decrees. When we decree something in the earth, it is we have authority over it. So Christ in you, by the power of the Holy Spirit, will lead you the words. And we speak life. We speak healing. We speak forth the glory of God into this earth. And when, as a king... In our inheritance of Christ, when we make our decree, it begins to manifest. And then what did Jesus do? He laid hands upon her, and immediately she was made straight. So through the laying on of hands, we receive impartation. But we can only release what we have within us. We can only release what we've experienced. So Jesus, he wants to take you to a place of intimacy. Jesus wants you to to take you to a place of knowing him. And then once you have this intimacy, once you have an awareness of that Jesus, the power of God through the Holy Spirit, it's living within me. And I have authority to heal through Jesus. Jesus through me has authority to release the kingdom of God. Then you step out and you do the works and you do the faith. Now we see when you do the mighty works of God, there's going to be persecution. The people in the synagogues, they weren't happy. But you know what? It, it, just comes, it just comes with the ticket, and it's okay. So even on the Sabbath, you know, God has given us holy days. He's given us the church. We, we see that Jesus, he went to the church to preach. Like Jesus is in the temple, in the synagogue. He's preaching within the church. But the thing is, the church was given to us as a gift to serve us. The Sabbath is given to us as a gift to serve us. The teachings of the church is given to a gift to serve us, to, to keep us within the grace and the glory of God. You know, we don't live under the law anymore. We live under grace. But we don't want to be confused that the religion, the, religion, the church, and everything God's given us isn't a great, great gift for us to be able to stay and learn and be in the grace of Jesus Christ. Ordinary time. No, it's not ordinary. It's the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the year of the Lord. That's grace. And we are living in grace times. Let me read from verse 18. And he said, Therefore, what is the kingdom of God like? And to what should I compare it? It is like a mustard seed that someone took and sowed in the garden. It grew and became a tree, and the birds of the air made nests 
in its branches. What can we learn from that? The kingdom of God starts off small, but when it takes root, it grows. It starts off small, but when it takes root, it grows. That's what it's like. He did not say a watermelon seed. The mustard seed is one of the smallest seeds that there happen to be. So the kingdom of God starts off small, but ends up big, wonderful. And again he said, What shall I compare the kingdom of God to? It is like the woman who took mixed with three measures of flour and put leaven or yeast in it until it was leavened. Again, kingdom of God starts small. A little bit of leaven raises the dough. It starts small, but it's not small at all. It ends big. It ends big. So the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed or like leaven put in with flour, and it starts off small and ends big. Let's continue. Jesus went through our town and village after another teaching as he made his way to Jerusalem. Someone asked him, Lord, will only a few be saved? He said to them, strive to enter through the narrow door. What is the narrow door? It's Jesus. There are many ways to Jesus, but there's only one way to the Father. That's through Christ Jesus. Strive to enter through the narrow door. There's many ways to Jesus because Jesus, he'll always meet you on the path you're on. Jesus will come into your brokenness, into your woundedness. He'll come into anything anyone's going through and he'll meet them so he can take them to the Father. Jesus, he desires that he first comes and encounters you, but then he gives you freedom in the soul and the spirit. That he wants you to know that you are the meeting place between heaven and earth. That although you live with one foot on the earth, you are also seated in heavenly realms with Jesus Christ. That you have great authority. That you have great authority in your life. That you are the creator through Jesus Christ. You are co-creating upon this earth. That God has given you everything you need for peace and love and joy. But the thing about it is the kingdom of God, it starts small and it ends up big. But God, he's always waiting upon you. Jesus has given all of us free will. You know, the only thing different between humans and every other creation in this world is Jesus gave us the ability to choose, to have free will, to choose for God or against God. Everything else in this world is doing God's will. The birds of the air, the trees, they're growing. They're all in the, the Lord's divine will. But we have a choice, and God is always waiting for us to step out in faith. As you step out, as you begin to believe, as you do an act for God, He anoints it, and He begins to increase the kingdom of God within you. God anoints the call. So God will give you inspiration 
to maybe go pray for a person, speak to a person, lay hands on a person. Let Jesus continue his ministry through you. And it's only upon when we step out in faith where the kingdom of God begins to expand and grow within us. God, he leads us into uncomfortable situations so we can die to ourselves and can be expanded in the kingdom. Every day, God wants you to your soul to be an expansion, an expansion, an expansion, where you hold more and more of the kingdom of God, where all good gifts come from the Father of lights. Everything we have is a gift from God. And as we continue to open up more and more to the Spirit, trust more and more in the Father through knowing Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit, the kingdom of God expands first in us and then in the atmosphere around us. When you walk in a room, you have authority through Jesus of that atmosphere. You can speak to the atmosphere and you can tell the atmosphere, Lord, I release the light of Christ, the glory of God, the fire of the love of God, and the whole atmosphere can shift. When you walk in a room, people should they can feel what you carry and like we know this around negative people sometimes people are more aware of negativity than they are of god more aware of the demons than they are of the angels but you can sense when someone comes in and they're carrying the kingdom of god let me change it when you walk in a room and you're carrying the kingdom of God within you, the grace of God, the peace, the light, the healing power of God through intimacy with him, then that whole room changes and everyone is infused with heaven because that is what you are carrying through the Holy Spirit within you. Again, you have that authority. But if you do not use that authority, you lose it. God has given Catholic Christians authority but if we do not use it we lose it we need to decree healing I remember I was in the laboratory and I was speaking to a woman about her her brother who was dying and that they had already made up the funeral I said well let's pray for him we prayed for him that he be healed and he was in the presence of the Blessed Sacrament, and he received the healing. He didn't know we were praying for him. So they didn't have to have a funeral for him until later, long time later, because we were praying. We used our authority, even from the laboratory. Father, the, the Holy Spirit, by his inspiration, wants you to just release and decree healing as he gives it to you over the radio right now. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, let the balm of Gilead come upon your people, the healing of people's hearts and minds and souls and bodies. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful, enkindle in us the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, we shall be created, and you shall renew the face of the earth. Holy Spirit, bring authority into people's lives let them know that they have the authority to lay hands upon the sick to have hands not only on the sick but to watch them get better we prayed with the man who's had a heart condition 
we prayed and the doctor said, whatever happened to your heart? He says, why? He says, it's normal. We have that authority. Not only me, not only Anthony, not only the priests, but everyone who names the name of Jesus has that authority. But if you don't use it, you lose it. If you don't use lose, use it, you lose it. In authority, the people who have the most hope have the most authority. The people who know who they are as sons of Christ, it's in knowing whose you are. You belong to the Lord. But you look at children, and we are called to have childlike faith. They are so full of hope. As we get older, we become skeptical. We become so smart and learned. And we move from a place of acting in faith in the supernatural realms to acting out of logic in our mind. But guess what? God, the supernatural realm does not work through logical means. It, the supernatural, it's like, it's like an airplane. You know, there's a physical plane and gravity is real. Well, no one's going to say gravity is not real, but guess what? An airplane supersedes the laws of gravity and it flies right up. And that is like the kingdom of God. That is like the spiritual realm. We want to be so filled of hope of what Jesus can do. The first thing the devil wants to take is hope, hope, and make you hopeless. When we are hopeless, we are impotent. But when we have hope, we have divine life in us. We have the fire in the presence of God. Even right now, I can feel the fire of God that's falling upon many people listening. You know, faith is the thing that I hope for. And I hope that God is going to do amazing and beautiful things in not my only my life, but your life. And God gives you what you believe for. If you believe, do you have faith to receive the healing? Do you have faith to receive the love and the peace and the fire and the joy of God. A week and a half ago, I went to the hospital to pray for Courtney. And, you know, I spoke to you about her before. When I when I went in there, the doctor had told her she had two weeks to live with about a week before. And we prayed. And, you know, she was very much in the New Age and the occult and the witchcraft. And we renounced it all. And we broke every curse because I decreed... In Jesus' name, we break these curses. We break these agreements. We, I curse the sickness. I curse the cancer. And although the do and I broke and we broke in Jesus' name the doctor's diagnosis over her, because what the devil tries to get do is he tries to get you to come into agreement with his lies. He'll give you a lie. You are worthless. You are hopeless. You are gonna die. And then we agree with it. And when we agree with it, we give the enemy authority over us. In this dimension that we live in, it only works in attraction. So through praise and worship, we can attract angels. But through cursing, speaking bad words, through misbelief, we can, we can attract the lower, the bad, the demons. Demons are so weak that we need to open the door for them, for them to come into us. And an open door is unforgiveness. An open door is unbelief. An open door is hatred. But when we forgive, when we believe, when we close these doors, then we can let the grace of God come in. But anyways, I found out yesterday, 
Courtney, she's going to be leaving the hospital tomorrow, and she's going to be going back to our house. Through what the doctor said, she should have been passed on a week ago, but now she's going to be a mighty, mighty witness to the kingdom of God. How glorious. How glorious. Let me continue. Strive to enter through the narrow gate. When once the owner of the house has gone out, he shut the door and began to stand outside and knock at the door, saying, Lord, open to us. Then in reply, he will say to you, I do not know where you come from. Do you know where you come from? You come from the Lord Jesus Christ. That's where you come from. Do you know where you're going? You're going to the Lord Jesus Christ. So coming and going is to the Lord Jesus Christ. I do not know where you come from. Then you will begin to say, We ate and drank with you. You taught in our streets. But he will say, I do not know where you come from. Go away from me, all you evildoers. There will be gnashing and weeping of, of the teeth and tears when you see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God and you yourselves thrown out. Then people will come from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south, that's the Gentiles, and will eat at the kingdom of God. Indeed, some are least that will be first, some are last that will be first, and some are first that will be last. Who are the first ones? The Jewish people. They'll be last. Who are the ones who came late? The Gentiles. They'll be first. This is real, and it's all about faith. It's all about faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. The, the door is open to people who have Jesus walking through the door, and you come from Jesus, and you're going back to Jesus. This is real. This is real. Where do you come from? I come from Jesus. Where are you going? I'm going to Jesus. Why? Because I made a commitment. I made a covenant with the Lord Jesus Christ that he could have my whole life and do with me what he wants to do. What he wants to do for you, for your life, is so much greater than you could ever ask, think, or imagine. That before he created you, he created a perfect plan for you. And once you surrender to him, he begins to live, Jesus Christ lives his life through you. That the same God who created the, the universe, the earth, the stars, he created you and he now lives within you. He's given you the Holy Spirit to do the work that he has done. When we receive Jesus first, he gives us faith. And when, after we have faith in God, we receive hope. And after we get that hope and we hope for God, we hope for the kingdom of God, faith and hope produces love. And love what it's all about. Your whole life, the Bible, it's a love story. That Jesus loved you so much that he not only created you, but he died and rose from the dead for you. And now he wants you to live an ascended life with him. He wants to first deposit all of heaven within you and then allow you to release heaven upon this earth. For you did not choose him, he chose you.
and Christian means a little Christ. So you are called to be a little Christ and not only do the things that Jesus did, but live in the peace and the joy and the love that Jesus lived in. So where do you come from? Sad, I come from Jesus. Where are you going? I'm going with Jesus. My citizenship is in heaven. And from there I await the salvation of my soul when Christ will come back and make us like himself in glory. Oh yes, God's not finished with us after we die. There's a day of glory when our bodies are resurrected and we become like the risen Lord with resurrected body. The angel of the Lord declared unto Mary, and she conceived of the Holy Spirit. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Blessed is the fruit of your womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Blessed is the fruit of your womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Behold the handmaid of the Lord. Let it be done unto me according to your word. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. You came from Jesus. You're going back to Jesus. You're living in Jesus. Rejoice. God bless you. This has been In Season and Out of Season with Father Tom DiLorenzo. A tape of this week's series of messages is available to you with a donation when you write to this new address, Father Tom DiLorenzo, P.O. Box 602, East Boston, Mass., 02128. Please make a note of it. And remember that this ministry is supported only by the donations of listeners, so please help as the Lord leads you. That new address again is Father Tom DiLorenzo, P.O. Box 602, East Boston, Mass., 02128. And be sure to listen again next time for In Season and Out of Season. Oh.